and would love, would love to pray for you. Cool. Um, loving and powerful God, um, just thank you for Daniel. Thank you for um, his heart for you, for his heart for this community, um, and all the ways that he serves you throughout the week. God, thank you for the ways that you, um, that you speak to him, and thank you that you have placed um, words on his heart and in his mind, um, not just for him, but to share with us tonight. Um, God, I pray that things that are of you stick. Um, yeah, and as he speaks tonight, that you are with him and speaking through him and delighted in, um, in his sharing. And then we pray. Amen. 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 Um, Gamihi nui ki a koutou, um, yeah, no reda, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Um, yeah, greetings all. Um, my heart is so full, eh? Like, so full. Uh, I'll just love and just um, be able to hear from, yeah, congratulations Rose and Max again. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah. Also, um, Rose stoked that Nato shared what he shared because it just ties in, like, half the references I've had in here are from the stories Nato Short there. So, good, good tie-in to the whole, um, whole thing. Um, I was going to invite um, Anna Wilkes up to do the reading from today's lectionary. Um, so we're reading from Acts 3, 11 to 19. While the men held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one, and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him up from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name, and in the faith that comes through him, that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Um, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance and did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Awesome, thanks, Anna. Give her a hand. Just for some context, we um, sometimes we at Blueprint we um, we teach from like a theme, and we have a theme where we talk to, and sometimes we speak from lectionary, which is a group of verses um, and group of things that we have um, as a wider church body around the world and speak from. And this is one of the readings from today. Um, as um, is tradition, I have um, six points to share with you today. <laughs> I have three points. Um, I have three points to share with you today. Um, so just for some context, prior to the passage that was read, we have Peter and John um, healing a man who is paralyzed. Um, Peter sees a man who is begging, 
And he turns to him and says, silver or gold I do not have, but I, what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He's healed, he jumps to his feet and begins walking, jumping and praising the Lord. Those at the temple recognize um, the man, and the passage tells us they are filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. The, the Greek word used here is ecstasis, which is the word we um, derive ecstasy from, so he's ecstatic to see um, this man being healed. And, and this is where we pick up the passage today. In verse 11, we see the people described again, and it's described multiple times as them being astonished. Or in this case, literally overawed. And they come running towards um, Peter and John. Which is point one. The works of Jesus is surprising. And it draws people near. Peter and John are on Solomon's portico, or courtyard, which is this busy, high-traffic area where all people are welcome to come and join. And so imagine this busy courtyard, and as they heal this man, the crowd goes wild. Great program. Um, what happened to that program, actually? Um, the crowd goes wild, and they draw near to find out what is happening. Um, yeah, um, really good time. Thanks, NATO. Um, a few friends we've made through handball, um, Patrick and Kozo, um, and perform, um, yeah, perform juggling and circus things um, down by Cuba Street near the Bucket Fountain. Um, and it's, it's, I think some of you guys have seen them before. They, um, Patrick like juggles like fire batons on like a unicycle, which is incredible. Um, and, and, and Holly and I have been up there a few times to watch. And every time we stop, um, what always strikes me is the people who come, stop in wonder and amazement at what's happening. They draw close. They stop in their tracks from a busy day along Cuba Street to see what is happening. And, and this is how I imagine Solomon's courtyard on that day. That they stop because they are surprised. We are drawn near because of surprise. Um, from some unsighted source on the internet, um, it says, um, surprise works on our dopamine systems in our brains, um, helping us to focus our attention and inspiring us to look at our situation in new ways. The works of the Lord are surprising. In Isaiah it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? God is a God of surprises. And what does this mean for our lives? When Jesus came, they expected him to be a warrior king. But, surprise, um, he came as a peacemaker. In Matthew 5.13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they look, put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. <laughs> But the worst. Um, so salt and light stand out. They transform the places around them. They provoke people to pay attention. They are noticeable. You know when food's oversalted, because I have too much of that. Um, we, are, <laughs> we are to live in a way to provoke questions. We are to be called by God to be people who live countercultural. 
to, um, to counter to cultural norms, to live surprisingly, to be noticeably different, to be weird for the sake of the gospel, and to draw people into the weird, wonderful, surprising story of Jesus Christ. Um, I, I remember um, trying to think of a story from my life that kind of illustrated this. And one story that's like cemented into my memory is this really tiny um, story that feels so important to me um, in the kind of, like my experience of the countercultural narrative, um, yeah, of God's love. And, and so I was quite young in high school. I was probably, say, 14. Um, and, and yeah, there was this one kid just didn't like me, like just really, really didn't like me. Uh, remember him going out his way to like just annoy me basically and, and one day we're having this massive exam in these massive auditoriums and I'm walking out and I see his pencil case he's left it behind and to be honest um, I, I thought now I can have my vengeance <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not actually sure like I know that was the thought I had but I'm not sure what I thought would happen like he would get his pencil case back right at some point presumably and he wouldn't know that I saw it. So, like, at no point was this me. Anyway, um, and so this is what I was thinking. I'm 14. Um, and in this moment, I felt this strong push by God to return his pencil case. Do you ever get the sensation, like, these little things that God, like, you're on the fence about? Like, it may be the tiniest thing. And God speaks through it. Yeah. And, yeah, it doesn't feel as big now. I was just thinking about it. But I remember how big it felt for me then to pick up the pencil case um, to walk up to him and say, name, um, <laughs> no one's going to know him. Uh, he, here's the pencil case. Um, here's your pencil case. You left it behind. Um, yeah, I, I, even to this day, I still remember the shock on his face. Um, he looked at me like, yeah, he, just, he was so confused. It felt like an offering of peace. And from then on, there was just no, yeah, no bad blood between us. Um, actually became like a good mate. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I tell this story as... Yeah, just one friend, you know. Um, I tell this story as a constant reminder to me that when we follow Christ and his teachings, it looks surprising to others. When we invite people into our homes when no one else will, it's surprising. When we celebrate those around us, congratulations, Rose and uh, Max. Um, <laughs> It is surprising. <laughs> when we assume the best in each other, it is surprising. When we choose to restore relationships instead of cancel them, it's surprising. When we live our lives not just for ourselves, but for a larger community, it is surprising. And when we choose hope and love over fear and hate, it is surprising. So that's point one. The works of Jesus is surprising. And it draws people near. So Peter and John hear this man. Um, people gather around. What happens next will surprise you. <laughs> here, disciples. Sorry, that's a clickbait reference. I don't know if anyone got that. Anyway, uh, it's explained by Joe. See you guys there. Uh, here, the disciples. When the people draw near, the disciples point to Jesus as the source of their healing power. They say, why do you stare at us as if it is by our own power? For some reason, I always think Peter and John are saying it real sassily. 
Like, why do you even look at us like it's our own power? As if, like, they just didn't perform a miracle? <laughs> it's like, it's this weird, yeah, um, dichotomy there. But when, when, they, when they ask, they remind people now staring at us, it is Jesus' name that comes through and has fully healed him, as you can all see. Which is point two. When people are drawn near, we point to Jesus as the source. Peter and John have the opportunity to take the credit, to let the crowds be wooed by their skills, or, and perhaps they're even tempted to. And there's a temptation for all of us to overlook this, to allow our lives to be surprising, but not actually point back to the source. Philippians 2.13 reminds us that for it is God who works through you and in you um, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is not by our strength that we are sold in light of the world, but Christ. Um, yeah, um, I was talking to Rose about this earlier, and she reminded me of, and she chatted about, okay, reminded me of this um, distinction that C.S. Lewis makes between gratitude and, um, and adoration. Um, he describes um, gratitude as how, how good is God to give me this. So that's gratitude. Um, recognizing how good God, and um, how good of God to give me this. But he describes adoration as saying, what must be the quality of the being whose flashes of light looks like this? The images of tracing the sunbeams back to the sun. So as we point to Jesus, we connect the surprise that we have, the surprise that is seen, to the source of that surprise. And, and to be honest, I, as I was writing this, I, you know, I... There, there are plenty of you who may have heard this many times over. It's not a new message. Um, but I invite you today to consider the fresh revelation of this truth. Because for, for me, I've heard it a hundred times over, but I sure as hell don't live into it all the time. And it's something that like, I think we need to be freshly inspired of every time. Um, yeah, I remember being a really literal child, I just take everything I learned from Sunday school way too much to heart. I don't know if anyone had that experience here. Yeah? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, a good example is um, Jesus. Jesus, what? Uh, Jesus. Um, someone once told me that Jesus is in everything. Um, so I remember um, being back in Malaysia in like the, the Malaysian equivalent of like a lollipops, kind of, you know, like play, adventure playground kind of thing. And I was like, I remember hugging the playground equipment. And then kissing it and saying, Jesus, I love you. <laughs> clearly, clearly very high touch love language. Eh? <laughs> um, I also remember when I first was taught that it's by God's strength, not ours. Um, Mum and dad used to roll me out for performances. Um, they'd be all these random things, you know, like I'd be like singing or like playing, I don't know what it was, like playing piano or something. Or, like. Tap dancing happened, yeah. Tap dancing happened. Um, joke telling happened as well. Um, and, and I remember a few times I would tell a joke, and, and an auntie would say to me, Wow, that was a really good joke, Daniel. Where did you learn it? And I'd be like, uh, Yeah, it was Jesus who taught it to me. <laughs> Just really, yeah, lost the translation there. Um, <laughs> But like the, um, like how the jokes drew the aunties near to hear me. 
carry the analogy, so the rest of the sermon is an analogy. Uh, when the crowds draw near, Peter and John take this opportunity to point to Jesus and his power. So, point one, the works of Jesus is surprising and it draws people near. And point two, when people are drawn near, we point to Jesus as the source. Um, then the next question becomes, why? Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but every time there's a message from the front that sounds like evangelism, I get antsy in my seat. Um, I, I, I feel, I, I got Anna Wilkes to read this because she's like my inspiration for this. I get confronted every time Anna Wilkes comes up with good stories and shares her courage of telling some random person that Jesus loves them. And then she says, how many more times she does that over? Like, and... And, and a few years ago, Blueprint held this, um, did an idol series. I, I wasn't here. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, we've got like, um, you know, passed down knowledge <laughs> from, from, from Rose. Um, <laughs> wow, a lot of people here. Okay. They might want to be up to talk about it. Um, another time. Not now. It's my time. Um, <laughs> A few years ago, um, yeah, Blueprint did an idol series, um, and, and in it, Blueprint repented of, from being judgmental of evangelists. Um, and, and it was, a, res, um, yeah, it was a, a thing where they realized that very few people in the community had actually had a bad experience of evangelism, and yet we were so afraid of doing it wrong or being judged to be like them. And in the holding of the pride of that judgmentalness, we made an idol of not being like them. And it actually had power over us. So we believe in this community that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I think one of the things I love um, when Scotty says is that um, the answer to bad theology is not no theology. It's to have good theology. Um, so we wanted to reclaim being evangelists. Yeah, yeah. People who live surprising good news, who share that good news with others and point to Jesus as the source of it. In the Great Commission, Jesus still commands us, no matter how we read it, to go and make disciples of all nations. I think this passage in Acts reminds us, though, of why the good news is good news. First, we see the healing power of Jesus. He heals. Then second, we see disciples say, You disown the holy and righteous one, ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. So literally, we saw you ask for the crucifixion of our Messiah. And then they say, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. Repent then and turn to God. They offer redemption for those who crucified Jesus. And third, that is amazing. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely amazing. And third, they say, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. They promise that they will be refreshed. So point three, Jesus' power is to bring restoration. Why is this good news for me? Why is this good news for the world? Because Jesus Christ restores me daily, over and over again. As many of you guys know, I work in the treaty sector as a lawyer. 
And I also work in many other legal areas. Um, but one of the things with working as a lawyer is you learn one thing, it's that our world needs restoration. A restoration to what is right and what is true. I love, I love the passage you read in the Eucharist. Jesus Christ is good news for the poor, release for the captives, recovery of sight for the blind, and liberty for those who are oppressed. These are declarations of the restorative power of Jesus Christ. I, I want to end on a short story of, like, I think a personal, I guess, testimony of how um, Jesus has restored me. Um, and this is a very short version of a very long story. Um, if you want the longer version, uh, you can always buy me a coffee, um, small cappuccino, chocolate on top, um, preferably from Frank's. Um, <laughs> Um, for me, Jesus has restored my identity, and I'm not sure how many of you guys will resonate with this, but um, yeah, I was born in New Zealand, but I moved to Malaysia when I was three, um, and through that time, I, I believe I was Kiwi because I was born in New Zealand. Um, I went to international school with um, kids from the UK, Australia, um, all over the world. I think there's a Dutch kid there as well. Um, so I positioned myself as, they were mostly from the UK, like, and it was like, you know, anyway. Um, so I positioned myself as being Kiwi. And in the midst of that, um, when I returned to New Zealand, I was 13. And I guess living there for 10 years and growing up from 3 to 13 there, um, I was in every way what others didn't see as being from here. I had a, a strong accent, and in every way I was Malaysian. Um, and, and in this was a deep sense of whakama, um, a shame of who I was. I remember being really angry at my parents. Um, I went home one day. My mom still remembers this. Like she told me the other day. Um, I went home and I said, why did you not bring us back earlier? Um, I wouldn't have an accent then. Um, so through high school, I felt like there was this binary option to choose to be Asian or to choose to be Kiwi. And, and in this, I mean Pākehā Kiwi, right? Um, and I tried to shed off any trace of my Asianness. I'd get really angry. Um, if anyone mentioned my accent or anything that could identify me as being Asian. And over the last four or five years, um, Christ has been doing a new thing in me. In part, this journey started in a Te Māori um, lecture where I felt Christ speak strongly to me. It was a lesson on whakapapa and the importance of it. Um, and, and, and yeah, I remember just starting doubts where my journey started in my re reclamation of who I am. Um, and through this, God has restored me to... Yeah, being proudly Asian. And he has done a deep healing work through this. And this story is the why. Because my restoration through Jesus is too good to keep from others. The restoration of Jesus Christ is too important, too good, too powerful, not to want others to also share in it. Yeah, in, in 1 Peter it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Or the message translation of the tree says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks why you are living the way you are. So when we live surprising lives, people draw near. And through that we point to Jesus as the source of our restoration. The reason we live our lives the way we do. So point one, the works of Jesus is surprising and it draws people near. Point two, when people are drawn near, 
it pointed Jesus as the source. And point three, Jesus' power is to bring restoration. Yeah, as um, we invite the worship crew up today. Um, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I have um, a few um, questions to maybe reflect on. And yeah. So three, the three responses we have is to, um, yeah, and pick what's, what's um, appropriate for you and the ways that this has resonated with you. Um, to say sorry for where um, you took credit and didn't point to Jesus as the source. Um, so that's one. Two, to ask God to remind you of where you've been surprised and to be drawn near in by him. To rediscover your sense of wonder and how Jesus drew you near. Um, Jess, earlier when we were in prayer, shared the word of wonder. And I, um, I really thought about the, yeah, um, kind of inspiration, re-inspiration of our, divine, our, our love of Christ. And, and finally, ask God to place people on your heart who you can share your story with God's good news with and to restore the power of Jesus Christ. So as we, um, yeah, maybe t- spend some time in silence before the worship starts. Um, yeah, let, so let us be still um, in the presence of our Lord um, and our Lord who restores us fully.